G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're back today to have some more discussion about what it is to be a Christian and to apply your creative genius to a novel. Author Nick Hawkes is back with us. He's lived in several countries around the world, and along the way he's earned two degrees in science and two in theology. He's written books on both. He's been a research scientist, a theologian, and a pastor, and these days he's turned his hand to writing novels, and novels that are in the genre of being romantic thrillers. They feed the heart, mind and soul. And Nick has a new book that's coming out very shortly. It's called The Pharaoh's Stone and expecting it to be out on the market in time for Father's Day. Nick's back with us. Hello, Nick. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. It's great to be with you again. Nick, you've got a bunch of books already out on the markets. The Celtic Stone, The Viking Stone, and this is the next one in the series. This one's called The Pharaoh's Stone. What should we expect with your latest novel? Well, it's it's not so much a series, uh, Neil, because a series uh, would suggest that they have the same character uh, in them. This is a completely different adventure with different sorts of people. And the Pharaoh's Stone is set mainly uh, in London, under the shadow of the Tower of London and Tower Bridge. I spent some time uh, staying on a boat in St. Catherine's Dock, just beside the Tower of London. And uh, it is a remarkable place. It's, it's part of what's known as the city. It's sort of a square mile within London known as the city. It's an area with, that has been dominated uh, for uh, centuries by Freemasonry. And it, it, it has been the most powerful um, square mile probably in the world uh, with the banking centers there, the, the uh, uh, media uh, and and such like, and, and the insurance industry. So it has been an incredibly powerful center of the world just there. And so the the adventure begins there. And you might imagine the you know the shadow uh, uh, of Freemasonry falls over it, and uh, it takes you from there to to Paris. It's it's, it's very sort of Dan Dan Brownish in in, in some regard, and uh, to New York, uh, and of course to Egypt. It uh, centers on the, the, the story of Peter, who actually begins the novel in Belmarsh Prison, the fearsome, <laughs> the fearsome prison in the east end of London, a Category A prison. And he's in there for manslaughter. He's accidentally killed someone, and he just you know, can't get over that. And he's released, and he drifts down to the Docklands, just wondering what on earth going to happen. And there he meets a professor from the British Museum who's in deep grief over the the death of his twin brother who was found hanging under Blackfriars Bridge 
dun, da, 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 read on. <laughs> so there it is. That's, that's the style. And, and uh, having, having been there, almost what you might say on set or on location, mm. uh, breathing mm. the air, you know, experiencing the weather, uh, the sights, the sounds, the smells, mm. uh, and mm. also with access, no doubt, to the history, uh, to be yeah. able to frame your storyline. I mean, I imagine that's very, very important to be oh, authentic. Mm. Every, every novel uh, by a good novelist is, to some degree, autobiographical, uh, Neil. <laughs> and, and so you're able to, to explain it and, 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 and uh, uh, paint the picture. And the re- a real writer can actually uh, paint the picture. So when, when a writer reads it, they say, yeah, I get it. And, and one of the things that has added a particular piquancy to this story is that a friend of mine was actually the chaplain to the Tower of London. How about that? Uh, the Reverend Murphy. And he actually used to play, play fallback for Ireland, uh, rugby union. So he, he was an interesting chaplain, a lovely guy. But because uh, of um, uh, Paddy Murphy, uh, I got to understand the workings of the Tower of London. And so that gets in as well. And so... As you say, uh, all the novels, to some degree, uh, are autobiographical and, and uh, they, they feed on the adventures that you've had through life. When you're writing a romantic thriller and you're dealing with things in a fictional account, uh, but including things like Freemasonry, uh, there is a sense in which there is, you know, the evils of Freemasonry, the ideas yeah. of secret societies and a mm. lot of the conspiracy theories that go around mm. those sorts of issues. How do you treat mm. those as a Christian author when you're writing about them? Very carefully. It's <laughs> a quick answer. Very carefully, uh, yes. Uh, sadly, uh, I mean, uh, you know, there are branches of Christianity and, and Christians who, who go overboard on this and, and see all sorts of, you know, dastardly conspiracy theories and make insubstantiated claims uh, which do no credit to Christianity at all. But let me just say that with Freemasonry, you don't need to, because Freemasonry actually has got some delicious, many delicious, dastardly events that are... That uh, anyone can research uh, on, you know, a few minutes on Google. There are extraordinary, unlikely things that happen. They had a a huge love affair for all things Egyptian, of course, because I like to think that, you know, their uh, their worldview came right back, uh, you know, to Isis and Osiris, uh, the ancient gods of of Egypt, and and that Christianity was sort of Johnny Come Lately religion, and and so they they went. You know, Victorian times and a bit before then, they, you know, they beetled over to Egypt and basically pillaged Egypt of all its, uh, uh, many of its artifacts. And they ended up sort of, you know, putting obelisks uh, in, in most of the town squares <laughs> in, in America and uh, Italy, France, and, and, and of course England on the banks of, of, of the River Thames there. And, uh, and desperately trying to sort of build this sort of, um, cultural mystique that they actually have this sort of Egyptian origin, and and so you know some of their members went uh, inside pyramids, 
with the subtle tool of dynamite uh, to bluff their way around just to see if there are any hidden chambers. And, and what's staggering uh, that, that in amongst the rubble of absolute destruction that was caused by one particular fellow, um, he was actually quite successful. And he found all sorts of hidden, hidden, hidden chambers. And some of these form the basis of the story, uh, the Pharaoh's stone. But you've got to be very careful because you cannot say things that are not true. You cannot ascribe things to Freemason which, which are untrue. But as I said, you don't have to, because there's enough stuff that is well-documented and true that make for rip-roaring reading, a real page-turning, hair-raising stuff. It's, it's absolutely amazing. And at the end of the book, actually, I have, a little, I have a little chat about, you know, which bits were historical and which bits were not. And, and it is just staggering, absolutely amazing. Well, last time we were talking, Nick, we discussed how you, as a Christian, introduce faith elements into a storyline. And uh, as I recall, you were talking about the way that you tend to do that by the introduction of someone who might be a mentor to your hero, who is usually a very flawed figure uh, carrying around all sorts of challenges. Uh, how does the Pharaoh's Stone fare when it comes to uh, how you weave into the Pharaoh's Stone those ideas of, of, of some level of Christian wisdom into the tawdry accounts of what happens uh, in, the, in that whole world of Freemasonry? Uh, that's a great question. All of the Stone series of novels, as you say, feature a, a flawed hero who is traveling throughout the novel from some form of brokenness uh, to wholeness uh, and encouraged along the way by some sort of mental figure, usually. Uh, and the mental figure in The Pharaoh Stone is, in fact, the aged professor that Peter meets in the docklands of London under the shadow of the Tower Bridge. And a lot of the action takes place on a boat, on an east coast sailing barge. And they, they, used, they used to have about three or four of those moored in St. Catherine's Dock. And that one of them had been turned into a cafe, which is a delightful idea. And, and I'm a, a sailing nut from way back. In fact, I became a Christian as a result, messing around in boats. Just love boats, and particularly ones like these, you know, which are over 100 years old and reek of history and, and uh, have old-fashioned sailing rigs. And uh, on that boat, Peter meets a professor who's in deep grief. Uh, in fact, he's so absent-minded with his grief that he actually forgets to pay for his coffee. And Peter, who's just been released from prison, has hardly got any money, but he actually pays for the coffee. And so the professor said, oh, I'm so terribly sorry. And, and, and they begin this dialogue. And uh, the professor is a Christian. And so throughout the novel, the conversation you know, returns to this whole theme of, of shame. And, and can I actually, dare I believe that I can embrace a future after, after what I've done? And so that conversation takes place throughout the novel in bits and pieces. It, 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 it comes and goes like a shy child in a room, uh, never long enough to preach and turn people off. But by the time you've finished the novel, you've actually explored the issue at some depth, and you've finished the novel uh, with a sense of warmth uh, and hope. Nick, your novels are written not just for women, not just for men. In fact, 
being appreciated by both men and women. And with all the action and romance, uh, your anticipation is that this is a page-turning novel. Uh, All of those elements are a part of the Pharaoh's Stone that we'll anticipate coming out? Yeah, absolutely. You'll love the characters. I mean, some of the it comes as no surprise, for instance, that uh, uh, the wardens of the Tower of London get involved, uh, and and they are up to mischief, and uh, they play a part in helping Peter uh, overcome his inability to look people in the eye, for instance. And and by the time you've been talked to by, by a bunch of grumpy ex-sergeant majors, you know you you, you revise your behaviour. And Peter also does some things for them as well. My novels have something to say. As I say, the, the, uh, trial runs uh, with my previous novels and trial runs with the ones that I'm currently writing indicate that both men and women love them. Uh, but more importantly, uh, non-Christians love them. This is, this is what motivates me more than anything else. Uh, they pick up the novels and they, they're just caught up with the action. They're caught up with the wonder of it. They're caught up with the with the twists and turns of it, uh, and they just love the fact it's a page-turner. They can, they can read it on holiday. But on the way, they absorb some of the most profound biblical wisdom on the big issues of life, the really big issues of life, such as you know, grief, uh, who am I, shame, hope, uh, these sorts of things. And uh, uh, that's, I have to say, Neil, <laughs> that's why I write That's why you write. Well, your first book was called The Celtic Stone, your second one, The Viking Stone, and this one that's due to come out very soon is called The Pharaoh's Stone, and there's a number there in uh, looking to come out into the future, uh, ones that you're working on, The Peacock Stone and The Atlantis Stone, and, uh, of course, The Fire Stone. So there's things to look forward to as well. Let me point people to your nearest bookstore where you can order Nick's books, uh, or you can go online to nickhawks.net and get a hold of the books that Nick has already written and perhaps even get your order in for The Pharaoh's Stone, nickhawks, H-A-W-K-E-S, dot net. Nick, great getting your insights and all the best for the new book that's coming out, The Pharaoh's Stone. Thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and heart with us today on 2020. Oh, it's great to be with you, Neil. Every blessing to you and thanks for your ministry. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.